Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hi. Hello. Hi, I'm Mike Hi. Sweeney. I'm Jesse Gaskell. We are both writers on The Conan Show, last we, we checked. Yes, I hope so. It changes Because I'm still working here. Right. That would be horrible if you kept working here and didn't get a paycheck. I know. But I do assume that that's what's going to happen one day. I'll it's, just log in and right. I mean, my password will, will have been changed. It's tough even getting a paycheck and working here sometimes. So, <laughs> so no paycheck. Oh. Yeah, you Sweeney forgot his glasses today. I did, sorry. My reading glasses. So if he sounds different, that's why. Yes, this is all carefully scripted. <laughs> I'm reading from a script. As no, but you speak. just told me an interesting thing about your glasses. Oh, I did? Yes. They're prisoner glasses. Uh, that, that's. I went to this place in hip Silver Lake, and they're like, oh, man, we've got these cool frames that we bought. You know, there's surplus from a, a uh, prison. <laughs> <laughs> sure, dial, let's dial those up. And they're prison glasses because they have no metal in the frame. So yeah, so you people can't kill can't, yourself. Or or others. Yeah. No you shiv. You can't Epstein yourself exactly. or others. No shiv and unless you can – maybe you can sharpen the plastic to the point where <laughs> you can harm people. Anything can be a shiv. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, we're not in a prison – we're at a job that we like very much. What a segue. And uh, this week, we have an interview that we did in New York. Yes. Um, it's by popular demand. We've been sitting on this one. We have. It was hard to keep it under my butt cheeks because it's so hot. Which is where we store all our interviews yes. when, when they're done. <laughs> you really do it all on this show. <laughs> Incredible. I know. I'm like a hen and I'm I'm mm -hmm. warming the interviews. I know. We have to. Before they hatch. The, otherwise, these tapes are destroyed if they're not kept at 98.6. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one has been. Appropriately warmed, it is Brian McCann. Brian McCann. I, uh, I, I'm going to use the term legendary writer yes. and performer on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, The Tonight Show, and also The Conan Show on TBS. Yeah, and it, he's been in so many. He's oh, man. Just an incredible performer. Brilliant performer. Tons of characters. Brilliant writer. Tons of ass shots. Yes. When he left the show, we thought, well, we might just have to fold our tent and go home. Yeah. <laughs> without, McCann, without McCann around. But uh, but yeah, we had a nice conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And here it is. We've got another historic 
legendary Kona rider with us. We sure do. Yeah. It's, it, this is a big one. This is a big one. It's Brian McCann. Brian McCann. Hi. Your, Hi. Your, your portrait still hangs in the hallway. It does. I am studio. very flattered by that. Yeah. I really am. In our office, it's a mm-hmm. giant portrait of you with your years working It implies that you are dead, though. It because does. Because sort of, yeah. Yes. Which may not be completely that far off. I think that helps burnish your legend. Yes. I will say at least uh, like six times a year or once every two months, if you do the math, uh, <laughs> someone uh, texts on. me a picture yes. like, I'm at Conoco and look at this. And <laughs> yeah. it's your picture. And I always have to be like, wait, what? Yikes. That's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> Even though I helped hang it. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it also shows you how rarely we redecorate. Yes. No, that's true. But I do, uh, is there any other picture of any other writer that is hung with such just, you know, center focus? It it is. I think it's the only one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're we're lowballing it. You Mm -hmm. walk up the center staircase towards our lobby and there's a landing it's giant it's, it's for it's in a gilded frame yes it's got to be at least four four a foot by three foot mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a large picture it's fantastic it's, it's a fake daguerreotype i think because yeah. you were playing a look it up folks folks we use some <laughs> really big words french words on this show we don't dumb it down for you because no way we couldn't we afford think- daguerreotype so we faked <laughs> I know the other shows use real daguerreotypes, but not us. We're on a cable channel, so. But, uh, but so, what were the years that you were there? With um, 90, by there, I also 90, mean here. Ninety-five. Yeah. Ninety-five. Yes, near the Christmas time. Yep, I started in November, and then if you go seventeen years after that, okay, mm-hmm. I left in August. Hmm. So I don't know. Ex- I don't remember exactly the year I left, but it was seventeen Around years after ninety five. Two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay, that seems a little early. That does I? seem early. I don't know why Jesse's trying to diminish your legacy or challenge my math. <laughs> Unless it was se- oh maybe it was two thousand thirteen. I'm but in so August. bad at math. I'm not even. Well, I think two thousand thirteen might make more sense. Okay. Okay. Well, it's your life. Why right. should right? We know exactly. We'll leave it for the biographers. Yeah. I wish I, I, I really honestly don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I live life. Uh, I like uh, that. Differently, I suppose. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. have like, because nothing happened as soon as I left. I, right. I, I, did, right. I did a road yeah. trip and then right. I hung out and then I started doing something like the following January or mm-hmm. something. Right, right. And none of those uh, are connected to me to years. Like I don't measure yeah. things, I guess, in years of, you know, this was the, you know, 2015. Whoo, what a year. Right. No. But you, I missed you there, and I started in early 2014, so I know that you were gone. Well, 2013 then. sounds right, but, you know, here's yeah. a little challenge to the listeners. What if Brian avoided you for a year while he was Oh, that's possible. What's the challenge to the listeners? What year did I leave? <laughs> <laughs> Brian's giving you all the stuff. All the statistics clues, you need. Yeah. First one to you write a postcard work. and send it in with the correct date. It has to be a postcard. <laughs> it has to be a postcard. And we don't have an address. So no. that's a further challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but good luck. Good luck to you listeners. Uh, but anyway, it was a, a remarkable gig to have. So you've been there yeah. since 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkable. It's and, nowhere uh, near 17 years, but. No. 
We we it's so funny. We talked to Stack. Oh. Who, believe it or not, <laughs> remembers exact dates for everything. Yeah. But he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. And he always like he remembers Brian Stack. Brian Stack remembers every single intern's name. Yes. And, yes. and I do not. And so no. like and I would say to him, like, oh, like who is that? Like, I have such trouble remembering names. And he'd be like, Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Uh that's and then yes. he just he knows every single one right. of them. So I think he sympathizes and he tries to make it seem yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're he doesn't not want alone. you to feel bad about right. But then, How boy, inferior. you feel bad because then yeah. he's shaking yeah, no. hands and asking about their dogs and stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah. Then he deliberately tries to show you up in front of oh boy. former interns. It's a classic stack move. Classic. But uh, he was just talking about all the stuff that, like, I think you were the king of coming up with stuff in the writer's room. In the room. Right. And... That's right, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, finally you've said something accurate. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the acknowledgement. That would end like it was literally just doing let's yeah, just put this on the show tomorrow. Messing around right. and then yes. now it's that's a character that's going I think on the show. that's when I'm most productive is in those situations. <laughs> and then like the productivity goes way down when they're like, Well now go to your desk and type up ten beats. Oh yeah, right. And that's, you're like, uh no, but that that's the weird thing about writers' rooms is yeah. that people are really quiet and kind of introverted in the writers' room. And then there's some who just kind of – it's like, oh, this is – I got this group here I can make laugh. It's a total just, playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you would grab what it was – like we were just talking about the FedEx Pope, which <laughs> is still one of my favorite characters. But Which was, yeah, ridiculous that that <laughs> got on. And then someone like – I mean – Fans like the FedEx. Yeah, I was. I <laughs> always love the FedEx. And the story, so the story of, of its birth is just so lame. It's just me putting on a FedEx box <laughs> and just going, "I'm the FedEx Pope," and people laughing. <laughs> and you were really it. resourceful working with the materials you had. Yeah, it's true. Preparation yeah. H. Raymond was simply because Preparation H sent a huge like box of Preparation H. Yeah, we couldn't remember. I was trying to remember. It was Why did they send a... Did we do a joke about it? No, it was just one of those things (laughs) where companies... You know how companies just send the show, or at least they did. They just send the show stuff, hoping you're going to use it. Except Preparation H did not like the way that we used it, which is just me as a buck-toothed Freak man pass, right. passing it out with giant ears. <laughs> with giant ears. Well, that was the freak man right. and singing mm. and singing about their product. I don't know what's right. And then not to like. We we asked if Preparation H Raymond could go tour the Preparation H facilities, and mm. they did not even respond. Right, <gasps> right. We want to do a remote. That was going to be my first solo remote. Oh, that. Oh, like Preparation H is getting tons of other offers. That's not <laughs> right. I, I can't even think of the last time I saw. We were an irate. I remember, we're like, "What's wrong with them? Why, yeah. would, why would they let this, <laughs> this character into their facility?" But they send it to a show, <laughs> and then the show willingly just right. makes this long-running bit about their right. product. Like, I do remember uh, we did a, a week <laughs> week of shows in Toronto, right? And Preparation H, Raymond was there. And Preparation H comes in those long boxes, you know, kind of boxes. And then inside the box is a tube. So it's a a weighty box. And I was whipping those boxes into the crowd. Right. That was part of your character would carry a basket and whip preparation samples Mm -hmm. to people. Yeah, whip (laughs) like the actual product. And it hits someone in the (laughs) eye. 
Uh, and so, like, there was like an injury, and I, it became a headline, like on page seven of the Toronto Times, real <laughs> the next day, and it was a picture of me, and it said, "Preparation H Raymond <laughs> rubs everyone the wrong way," <laughs> <laughs> and it talked about someone's eye injury. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you had to. Did we send you back early across? The, I had to, yeah. the, the, the lines deported. back to the I got States. rolled up in a rug and just yes. smuggled back <laughs> to safety. Because there's also an incident with Triumph up in Toronto. Because well, that's he made fun of Quebec, French, you know, the yeah. province. Don't mess with Quebec. Man, did they? <laughs> there was backlash. There were angry speeches in Parliament in uh, Ottawa in French. Yeah, and Conan had to apologize. Yeah, well, that was like our. I think the last show because yes. I remember we were. I was at the airport early the following day, and that was all over the papers. Their tabloids, yeah, the front page. Oh wow! And like, I felt like we were getting out just like on the last. It helicopter. was scary. Is that and, why we haven't been back to Canada? Ah, uh, maybe a little bit. The week was going great, other than uh, this eye injury, which I, I don't even remember. Yeah. But and then and then the last, yeah, like the next to last night was this snafu with mm -hmm. one tenth of their country. <laughs> but nonetheless, Preparation H. Raymond was a, a classic. It was yeah. <laughs> Whether you lose an eye or yeah. not, you're going to love this friendly purveyor of Prep H. That one-eyed person has a story to tell what the grandkids. What yeah. a tell. And a clipping. Page seven clipping. Yeah. I for I, I think I was so uh, like embarrassed, like I didn't even save that clipping. Right, and that's usually something I, I revel in is, right. is personal failures. Right. Like, Look what I failed at! Uh, but I that failed one, this good. Yeah, yeah. My failure got a headline. Yeah, but uh, for whatever reason, I was like, didn't want to. I don't know. Now here I'm talking about it 15 years later. Sure. But for whatever reason, I didn't uh, want to memorialize that. Well, it's upsetting. I assume. Yeah. Some level. I'm sure that person's okay. Well, Brian, I don't know you very well, and I'd love to hear about your background. How did you come to Conan? I mean, what were you doing before that? I yeah. was doing, uh, back in the early 90s, it was really only one road. It was you go out and do stand-up. This was before the blogs and the yeah. YouTube Clips. Podcast. So you just uh, you went out and did uh, stand-up, and uh, I was... Solely Chicago-based. Uh, I didn't have a car. So I, I wasn't a comic that, like, even went to DeKalb, which is outside <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, I just, like, I did clubs in Chicago. And then I did a lot of improv. And a lot of these clubs had improv teams. And I was always on those improv teams and stuff. So I was actually able. And then I had a radio show in Chicago, too, which, right. which came out of just that exposure of those clubs. So I was able to have like a, a really good situation in Chicago and I knew Andy very well mm -hmm. and, and Andy uh, got brought in. And then I think he was always kind of a little uh, bird in Conan's ear, like bring McCann, bring McCann mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that wore him down after a couple of years <laughs> and uh, he needed someone to injure people's eyes. <laughs> the, the call was made. Yeah. But it was, it was really just the... Like when I, I graduated from college in '87, and I just immersed myself in the Chicago improv scene mm -hmm. for like five solid years. Mm -hmm. I had no dreams of doing anything else. I had no like even concept in my head that I could write for television or anything. You didn't have a plan. You just loved doing it. I just loved doing it. And like my plan was 
maybe I'll buy a theater. Right. Maybe I'll have my own <laughs> improv. With a bar. Yeah. Right. Like, literally, that was the thing. And then I was just, like, when Andy got pulled in to, uh, to do uh, Late Night, I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> like, I was just so dumb. My friend's got a good job. Oh, wait, there's, <laughs> I guess I could apply to work on a show. Like, <laughs> I, just, I, had, I was just really just enjoying... The, the party, it was post-college, I was doing something. I found something that I just totally loved. I was, mm-hmm. like, excelling at to right. a certain degree. And, uh, like, life was good. So I, I didn't – I wasn't looking to rock the boat, but I also didn't have dreams other yeah. than I just yeah. wanted to make yeah. people laugh that night. Right. Kind of thing. That was – it that sounds like a good life. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> you were in the moment. But you were unusual, too. People would point out that – I think it was unusual that you were really doing great as a stand-up, but you were also involved in improv. Like, a lot of times, yeah, people are like, well, or. I'm an improver. I could never do stand-up, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Yeah. So, so was, I think that is cool. I I don't know if that's uh, so unique now anymore, but it, not, yeah. it was very unique at the time. Like yes. It, it was because in the 80s and 90s, like, they were almost rival worlds. Like they really, right. really looked down upon one another. They were like the Jets and the Sharks. They really, they really were. They it was, would shit on each it other. Was it was hilarious. crazy. It was ridiculous. It and, was, was silly. And I was the, uh, you know, the ambassador, right, to oh. bridge both those sides. The you Butros, would shit on both. <laughs> we all they suck. Both blow. <laughs> no, but I would yeah. uh, like. I started like falling in love with like. Stand-ups, and I would bring my improv buddies to go right. see certain stand-ups, right. especially like Bill Hicks and stuff. And then yeah. like people got blown away. And then I think like through that gesture, no, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was that, but it was just like it definitely softened. Did within, it soften people within my like improv yeah. crew? Yeah, you know, like people would be like, "Oh my god, like that truly inspiring!" And like you're actually watching art. You're now right. watching like an improv improviser's view of what con- stand-up was back then right. was. There was only one type, and it was hack. Right. Like, mm. right. You could name any name, and the only thought they had was, he's hack. Right. He does the joke about your mom, like, right, whatever. Right, right, Yeah. Right. Airplane and, food. Right. And then you go, and you see some some people who are just masters at yeah. it, and you really, like, I, I got so inspired, and that's when I realized, like, I got to start writing. Right, like, right. Like, Improv is so throwaway, and no matter how funny it is, it doesn't right. translate the next day kind of thing. I bet the improvers were more open-minded to the comics than the comics were to improvers, mm. but I could be wrong. You no, t- I think you're right, because comics Ugh. totally resented. Ugh. They resent the, everything. Well, yeah. that, that improvers didn't have to write didn't stuff Didn't have down. to write stuff, yeah. right? and would usually get bigger laughs, mm-hmm. but... That's like doing card tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was a lot of... right. But then it was great too because, like, there was the improv comedy club had they had a branch in Chicago, and then there was this other club, the Funny Firm, and they realized, oh, we got to have comedy troops, we got to have an improv group because that's there's a whatever it's financially everybody wants it. Oh, it was you know like improv was blowing up, right? And so all the clubs wanted to get in on it, and so I was on those clubs teams as well, and then so you would invite like hilarious stand-ups to come sit with you mm-hmm. and it was like almost every single time after those shows they would be like i got a total new respect for you guys yeah. like you like how fast you have to be and how like confident and blah 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 the muscles that you're using or stuff that we don't have so it was always 
I guess that's all part of my ambassadorship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was. Uh, I should send you to the Middle East. <laughs> I'm available. You're a re- regular Jared Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jared's about <laughs> to drop a big peace plane. Give him. Yeah. Give him a few more months. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all. I big. think he's got it in him. Yeah. <laughs> right. He does. I don't want to he date this, this podcast, but I yeah. don't think I will by saying no, it's, no. it's, <laughs> it's on its coming. way. It's still a waiting period. So you were doing all that in Chicago, and then Andy talked to and you. And then, you put together a packet. Yeah, Did you I put together that? like three packets. You know, I put it together an initial packet. I think mm-hmm. I met with Conan and Robert Smigel when they were first hiring writers uh-huh. before the show started. In 93. They came to a, a stand-up show that I did, and I talked with them afterwards. So I was I met them that way, and then wow. I did stand-up on Conan's show. I remember that. Oh. I think Three times. Oh my God! I remember one wow. of them. The third times was the I had nothing. <laughs> oh wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they, you know, it was one of those things. I got done it twice, so then I got a call from Frank Smile, like, "You want to hey. come do more stand up?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I hadn't been working on anything. We need you today. <laughs> oh no, someone canceled. <laughs> uh, no, so I did, and it, it went okay. But it, it, right. you know, at that point, I was already not going to be a stand up. You know what I'm saying? Right, I was right. already kind of going more into like commercial auditions and improv and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then after, it was after that third and arguably least successful stand-up that I got hired. Oh. <laughs> Maybe at that point, Conan took pity on me and just was like, oh, this guy's not going to do stand-up. <laughs> That's his way. <laughs> He's taking pity on all of us. Yes. Yeah. Man, I did stand-up on the show and it was not good. They called me the day before. Oh, no. Yeah, someone canceled, and oh, I went scary. in. scary. I remember watching that set just years <laughs> later. Oof. Something about Socks the Cat. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Socks the Cat? Wasn't there Socks the Cat was some president's cat? Oh, I don't Clinton. know. Clinton. I think Clinton had a Yeah. I mean, Nixon? I All I remember is <laughs> Nixon. Nixon seems like he had a cat. <laughs> I did a hunk on the Nixon checkers speech <laughs> of 1952. But, um, yes, so... So then, yeah, was that a big deal to move, like, just relocate, or you were pretty fancy? No, I wasn't pretty fancy. I was, uh, we were about to move to L.A. I felt like I I was done, sort of, I had done what I could in Chicago at that point. And, yeah, kind of, uh, the plan was to move to L.A. in at least a couple months. Yeah. And then, in classic late-night fashion, got the call, and, like, we need you tomorrow to start. Yeah. Uh, And... They really, it was like, we need you to, oh. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Like, and it was Thanksgiving week. Oh, my God. Like, wow, and I was like, you had to work on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, get out there Tuesday. Went, like, that's, it was crazy. That's crazy. But it, it all worked out. Yeah. I was so enormously thankful for it. You were, you came in and I, I think you had a sketch that you were in that you wrote. Like within two days. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was what? really. Yeah, no, it was. Every, we were all. I would, you go I would back have been and, so mad. You go back and watch it. It's, <laughs> it's not worth it. But. I remember the sketch. You were a, a reindeer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It so does they not had, hold up. <laughs> it's 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 also it's like eight minutes long. Like I watched it at some point, and I was like, oh my god! Like it was yeah. so long oh, back then. Yeah, we've talked to other people about <laughs> that. about about the early and and it was like, earlier. can it make can it be longer? Right. Yeah. It just, yeah. <laughs> well, I sent a sketch around. All the writers checked it out. It was an eight minute sketch with Dippy the Hippie from 1993 <laughs> with Charlton Heston in it, and it was eight minute. And I think everyone was just. Couldn't 
even wrap their brains around some because you know everything's so it's like tight tight it's got to be tight but that's true everything does need to be tight this was not i remember uh doing some sketch and it was all me it was me talking to conan at the desk mm-hmm. i was a page like mm-hmm. you know uh, a page with I don't know exactly what my problem was. Just a dumbass. <laughs> and uh, we started doing the sketch and the crowd instantly hated it. <laughs> and I just remember like in my head, just going nine more pages. <laughs> and it was just lonely. I think, wow. I think, I, I think all the writers were crying because oh. it's one of those things where it killed and were like, yeah, it, loved it. Yeah. Or it wouldn't be on the show. And we're yeah. like, the, I remember a few things like that where it's like the crowd's gonna go nuts and you're we'll already planning this for ten years yeah. and, and then you're planning <laughs> just, for it to come back tomorrow. Right, yeah. It gets nothing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's funny because everyone is like tries to be in your head and knows. It's what just you're like going you, you look over like at the cue card guy and what he's holding <laughs> is just like this five foot oh. thick stack of cue cards. It's just like oh, oh. can't we just cut it now? <laughs> But the crowd was like, they just not only didn't like it, they were like right. offended by the character. <laughs> right. oh, I think no. they thought I was like mocking, like, oh. like mentally challenged yeah. people. Right. I remember this sketch. And and yeah, Tasu was just like this particular character you played. And it didn't. It was the arrogant dumbass. Right. Yeah. Which was. It's a dumbass who's super arrogant. Right. And it came across completely not that. Right. And I like, even like. Like the first line, whatever it was, and like no one laughed, and you could even hear just like oh, <laughs> like from this one person in the crowd, and it was, that's when I was just like nine more pages. <laughs> Is this going to be on the website? I don't know. Now, please. <laughs> no, you know what I was wondering? make people work for fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're putting stuff. Going to put stuff on the web, and are there things where you're like, oh, you know what? I wish that was online because I'd love to show that too. I don't know. If, your children or whatever, but because something you'd love to see again. It doesn't have to be involve you at all. Well, you're catching me off guard. There's yeah, yeah. plenty of things. Of course. It's very hard. It's impossible yeah. to think of things. John Glazer was sent me a couple sketches that he and I did. Yeah. Uh, and I did not even remember doing it. And I was just like, these are funny. Right? <laughs> like literally. Such a volume. Yeah. I li- like business. Not even did I like, it come back to Didn't me as I was familiar. watching it. Yeah. Right, no, right. I was like, oh, wow. That doesn't even sound like things. us. Because <laughs> it was such a volume business, and you were there for crazy, like, 18-hour yeah. days, and just and then go home to real life where there's right. all sorts of demands and stuff happening, too. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. my brain just decided, I don't know, it was just, which is maybe why I loved improv so much. It's just, right. like, I can't store stuff, right, but I can. Right, Yeah, it's not the way your brain, yeah. Right. It's like move on. I was so happy to be on a show with cue cards because there was like <laughs> no no memorized lines. Because I was right. always like, if I could just see one or two words, then I'd be like, oh, I know the line. Oh, cool! You know, yeah. It's so funny. I um, I just I I rarely go on IMDb, but I went on IMDb for you just to read read about some of the shows you've been working on, and then I I it listed a long list of all the char- characters you played, and wow. some of them were. Hilarious. Oh, I wish Some I could of them. Read those right now. I, I, yeah. I could pull them up. Some of them are really funny. One was just a lot of them. I are, just love the names of characters. Too. Well, a lot of them start with the name. <laughs> Bad doctor. Wait, here we go. 
uncomfortable salesman. Doctor Two Thumbs. <laughs> there were a lot of doctors. Here's one called Audience Member. That's pretty memorable. Uh, I will say, being in the audience was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Just yelling at Conan. Yeah. That and Joe's. Hey. Uh, you should put up all of the. Oh, the Joe's, Joe's are going up. Joe's. Someone. Uh, oh, my, so- my son, Matt, watched some of them and loved them. Those, like, I. A, I hate to watch myself. and Is that true? Yes. And when I do watch myself, I usually cringe and just go like, really? How? Oh, no. I, truly. But I, th- I think, I don't think I'm Everybody, alone. Yeah, in yeah. That. No, of course not. However, but like I was watching, like Joe's Pub, and I don't know, like I'm not saying they're that funny, but that makes me like laugh they're still really funny. watching. They're, <laughs> they're just, really they're funny. They're so just rude. And you wrote the, there's the little intro song which yeah. you wrote, which is, <laughs> it's the intro and outro and it's. <laughs> It's just fun times and friends at Joe's. <laughs> and then it's this vicious assault on Conan for four minutes. Yeah. And then it's so the outro vicious. song. It's just so vicious. <laughs> and you're you're like this stealth weapon. You're the <laughs> You're this patron in the, the last the stool at the yeah. back of the bar Ooh. who comes in and just demolishes him at the end. Yeah. Just brutal. Those really make me laugh. It's Those are really funny. Here's some characters. I'm sorry. Stop me at any time. The last undecided voter, Jesus. <laughs> Untreatable gonorrhea dancer. <laughs> no recollection. Okay. But I, it sounds like something I would. Yeah. It's out. Douchebag. It's in your wheelhouse. Douchebag state student. That's the guy, that's the picture that hangs up in the lobby. Oh, that really? That was Grandpa Douchebag, the founder of Douchebag University. Oh, now see, okay. Member of Shh. I don't know what that is. Uh, No. That should be. I mean, I was, but that bitch shouldn't be remembered. Okay. How about this? Man with nightclub in pants. (laughs) Ha ha. The nightclub was in your pants? It was in his pants. I believe that was something I wrote, and the nightclub was in La Bamba's pants. Oh, okay. Hmm. Pretty God sure. Damn it, this is, we need to write not, to IMDb. We have to correct all of this. And ladies, the nightclub is in La Bamba's Always pants. in the pants. <laughs> Were you, because, um, I mean, they're writers of all styles, but were you somebody who wrote uh, better when you were kind of pitching a character that you were going to play? Or do you feel like... I'll tell you this. When I first started, like, God bless Conan for bringing me in. And then I think for a lot of us, the patience, because he is a phenomenal writer and he had such a phenomenal writing background prior to that. And he was, you know, I watched him for 17 years just at rehearsal, take a script and within 30 seconds it ed- yeah. edit it and whatever and it rearrange an it yeah. with a scalpel right and just like oh like when i first started i would say for first couple of years i could not write for anybody else's voice except my own and so like god bless that there was a chance to right uh do stuff for yourself i could come up with jokes for desk pieces and stuff mm-hmm. like that but to really put stuff in Conan's voice or even a different character's voice was a real challenge. And I remember, like, giving myself an assignment one year, like, after, like, a year and a half or two years, where I'm just like, do not write anything for yourself. Just, like, take six months and only write, oh wow, like, Ooh. for other people and only write for Conan. Like, yeah, it was, like, a really real... intentional. And it, it, that was, like, the beginning of, like, really me like that's like i felt like my grad school for comedy mm-hmm. writing like mm-hmm. started there and 
that's when I started using Mio a lot. That oh right, that Asian guy and stuff. Like I found people that I I could write for, right? And, and Joel, Joel, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, some guys in the band. But then it was like it was a challenge. It was intimidating to try to write or put words in Conan's mouth that weren't just straight man. You know, oh, super hard, super yeah. hard. But he, occasionally it would it would work. Like yes. you would see something and be like, oh great, like I get yeah to say this and get and, the big laugh, right? And that always felt good. And that became, I think, an ongoing challenge to me. And I, I just am so thankful that I was paid. Right. <laughs> like during that whole like uh, process, I, yeah. I felt I was always like producing and always supplying the show with with stuff. But uh, I know that they were also being very patient with me to because if I were a host, if I had a show, right. I would want a team of people who had my voice right. locked. Right. And then if there was anything left and they wanted to dilly dally around with big ears and preparation age. Right, right. God bless them. But on their own time. On their own time. <laughs> but I would want, you know, 15 people who can all write hilarious things for me to say right. and do. But I, I guess so. But I think maybe it was also just such a volume business. And it's like, if you had something really funny and it was for yeah. yourself. It's like, all oh, right, this takes care of four minutes in the middle of the show. Right, Check. right, right. Well, no, yeah. and there, so there, that's were there, great. there were those spots, which is I, I was so thankful for. Right. And that's why there's that list that I don't exactly. even remember, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, who those people are. But, right. Because I, I, I was, I mean, like, as you said, like, in the in the room, like, I, I can come up with anything to fill four minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but rarely is it well written with three different Strong, strong voices, characters, right, like right, right, right. I mean, it is now. Oh, of course, it yeah. Is. Now the scribe is just you know <laughs> every muse is in my head with pen and paper. One of my favorite late night um, panic situations. I, I don't know. Why I remember this one because there were so many of them where it was nine p.m. We'd eaten dinner and it's like we need something for tomorrow, and we're all just sitting there staring at each other. But this one, I always remember. It seemed extra dire to me in my head. And we're all sitting there, and it's 9 o'clock. I think it was like 9, 12 p.m., and you came in with the kayak guy idea. I don't know. Do you? I don't know if you had seen that footage of a guy going down. Oh yeah, yeah, a mountain, I, a snowy mountain. I had and, never seen someone kayaking down a mountain before. Uh, no, yeah, none I, of had, us had. I had just seen it. Yeah, and that that was one of those times where it just like I have something. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you were just like, oh, I'm going to be a guy who runs, gets mad, runs up the stairs, and then I'll cut. I'll get in a kayak and then cut. It was fully formed like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's why I remember because you came in pitch that and then showed the clip which and it was like it that's was incredible. a two minute yeah. meeting it was like yes and it was like yay McCann has done it again Woo. savior you all put him on your shoulders and then that I I don't even know how many times I was on but it was so fun quite a few they were very funny the and other you did it in Chicago yeah where in a giant Chicago the Chicago theater so oh the, the whole bit is you literally have to run. Well, in six A, you had to run back upstairs, or no, you had to run down and get back, back come in the side door. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. whereas in Chicago, I, I guess you had to run down. It's really, I think, mostly fun for the live audience. Yes, because they're realizing the amount of the distance that has to be covered, the physical exertion involved. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and the Chicago uh, theater was like six it's flights of stairs. And I think running outside on the sidewalk and yeah. like like security, yes. like holding doors and stuff like that, yeah. which was really fun. I think if you were watching it, you get it because you would be exhausted. <laughs> so all of that was happening live? It wasn't a pre-tape? It was all live. Yeah, it was wow. Because that's, a, I mean, that's a lot to film too and hope that everything goes right. Right. I don't know if we ever pulled it up like in afterwards like if you, you got way late in the yeah, hallway or something i don't i think kind of the it was kind of fun to watch conan spread like just talk and talk waiting yeah. for you to come in that yeah. was part well, of Well, because it. then it started involving like there was one i know <laughs> like where i came back in dressed as a woman like there was costume oh, wow. changes okay there's one like i came back in on a bike I th- or just I, pretending to be a woman I don't know. And then he oh, was wow. like, I know that's you. Oh, boy. And then like, <laughs> then, I, th- then the woman ran up. Right, and <laughs> right, right. And Bungie jumped off a bridge. Yeah. We'll have to put those on. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Those, Joe's Pub. Joe's Pub, definitely. Party in the Trousers. But not the gonorrhea dancer. I'm curious. Oh, no, the gonorrhea not. dancer sounds potentially. Was it uh, curable gonorrhea? No, I don't remember <laughs> now. No. I wish there was such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> gonorrhea was curable. Are, are there super strains? Probably. Yeah, no. I think there is a super gonorrhea right. now. That's more popular again because... because they, Yeah, because like, like kids, this generation of kids grew up not caring because right. so many STDs kind of got eradicated. Right, right, right. Then, goes anyway, that's for another time. Well, I think sure now, is. and then there's this next generation, as they look and they're like, oh, the planet's not even going to be here by the time yeah. I'm ready right. for ARP. So I think it there's going to be all, all the STDs. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I think it's going to be just bragging rights how many STDs you got. Yeah. yeah. And then you tattoo them all on your arm. Talk about a nightclub in your pants. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> nightclub of bacteria. Various viruses. That's one for uh, someone out there. Bacteria nightclub. Right. <laughs> or we cut this. <laughs> no. No, uh, but it's, so, it's it. Yes, Jesse. Brian, you you have I, it's a little bit of a rare distinction of having been on late night, the Tonight Show, and then also Conan at TBS. Is it rare? Yeah, I don't know if I, that's rare. Is it not that rare? I don't, I don't think, think so. There are I mean, that I'm many. talking to someone who. Well, right, yeah, no, I know. Conan has been on all three. Okay, Andy Richter. Andy Richter. All right. Brian, no, no, no. Hey. Brian, Brian Kylie. Okay. Brian Stack. Brian Stack. Michael Gordon. All right, you're right. That was a terrible question. Uh, now, Your however, turn, sweet. Oh, no. <laughs> you ask something. Co-hosts are turning on each other. <laughs> no, you ask. I'm busy on IMDb reading names off yeah. the list. That's really creative. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so where are we going? Um, no, I just, um, you know, I mean, I think that, that, that you were along for the, the crazy years. I got, I felt lucky because I, I always think the most fun is the beginning of a show where you're figuring it out. And each of those shows had I, I feel like I came in early enough with late night where it yes. was still there were still eight minute comedy bits. That, right. Uh, so there was still a lot yeah. of growth and yes. uh, learning to happen there. And then the Tonight Show. What a learning experience! <laughs> it's a learning experience. Amazing. You all grew what did a we lot. Learn? I'm not sure what. We learned. No, that was quite an experience. We learned not to move somewhere for a oh, job. Oh, man. Yeah. We all 
packed up and moved 3,000 miles and then- to hang out for a few months. Uh, I bought a house. (laughs) Uh, I rented some house out in Simi Valley. Oh, smart. You knew. Yep. I'm the smart one. You were were like, hey, you know what? I don't know if Simi Valley tells me smart. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. That was a long commute. And what did you do during the time uh, between Tonight Show and TBS? That's a good question. Well, I was working with Dana Carvey, which was a great thrill and a great just uh, like use of different mental muscles kind of thing. But but he was doing a sketch show pilot for Fox with Spike Ferriston. Hmm. And it was uh, Dana Michael Gordon. Right. Uh, and myself and Spike basically writing a sketch show. For, oh, cool. fun! Yeah, for a couple months, and it was awesome. I remember Gordon was talking. Gordo was talking about that recently. Michael Gordon. Yeah, and he said you guys did that, and then you also wrote a, a sitcom pilot together. That's right. Which I, I didn't know. Which what was, happened to it? It's just out there in that yeah. giant showbiz dumpster. <laughs> did it? Did you ever pitch it to anybody? Or well, the 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 pilot was like sort of bankrolled already it was tom, oh. tom warner of carsey warner right. he uh he had this idea that dana could be and this is prior to what we know now but could be the next cosby you know like <laughs> america's dad right, right, right yeah it still could right. happen um no but you know he had this idea and it, it's not a bad idea because mm-hmm. dana's incredibly lovable and mm-hmm. and funny uh, so it was sort of a, a family style sitcom, but like not too broad, but just really featuring Dana, and it was it was really fun, really funny. Uh, and I remember at the read through at Tom Warner's house, Ed Asner played Dana's dad. Oh wow! I think, uh, and it, it was all it was all funny. But then I think. Dana ultimately didn't really want to do it. I remember right. him, like, as we were writing it, he was just like, couldn't we just do one of those shows where you got, like, five episodes? Like, uh, this would be 20-some right, right. a year. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. He's got a great situation where he yeah yeah doesn't need to. Need to work more. Right. Yeah. That always sounds good. <laughs> like, he can do, like, five stand-up gigs a year and mm-hmm. feel more than, Wow. Happen. Low overhead. That's great. He's so damn funny. Oh, he's hilarious. Conan's been doing. I, I I don't know what the project is, but I I think they're banking some podcast episodes that they're doing together. Oh, almost like a are they improvising? Okay. And, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, they he, maybe tease that on I, the podcast. Conan's just like a every after he's just like, Dana's so funny, so funny, and he can't stop trying to do all his bits. No, yeah. that's what I, I, yeah. So that was like. Between the Tonight Show and the TBS show, right? I was just going to work with Dana every day, and I, it's just such a man crush. I was just yeah. like, every day. I was just, I, I just full like top to bottom laughter. Wow! And just like it would always sometimes be the same thing every day. It would just right. be like his, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy who used to host with Kathy Lee Regis. Oh, Regis. Oh, does he do a he great does, Regis? He's oh. constantly doing Regis. Oh, that's. I'd cool. be like, here's Regis doing push-ups. <laughs> And it was just like, like 
the fact that it was just him doing Regis, which yeah, I knew right. no one would want to see, right. which was also funny to right. me. Yes. And just like his commitment to just right. always pushing Regis. But also, like, I, once he knows he's got your number, I could see him just, oh my God. whenever he wants to make you laugh, it's like, oh, I'll pull out a little Reg. <laughs> yeah. Which, and it's, that's always fun. Yeah. So that's how I spent that time, mm-hmm. which was great. Yeah. And then it was back to the treasury. <laughs> well, no, then it was yeah. back to like helping so, sort of frame a new show, yeah. which was always great. Yeah. And on I, a new lot where there's I like the new, new commissary. Oh, new yeah. Co- new, new menu, mm-hmm. new specials every day, new soups. <laughs> Except for Thanksgiving Thursday. I like I like Warner Brothers more. Univer- well, you know what? That And we talk, mentioned this, that the soundstage on Universal was way too big. Ridiculous. Way, it was that classic thing of whoever made it, designed it, and was just like, well, you know, it's the Tonight Show. We got to go big. And it's like, yeah. right. no, that's the last thing. You, no one cares about it. it sounds like it was for professional wrestling. Yeah, it, was, it was just wide and just giant space that was not conducive to an intimate TV show. Yeah, not at all. Which is what you want. Right. And I think it was too much of, like when you're, you have that many people staring at you, I think it's, (laughs) no, I I think it's kind of, you feel this obligation to try to make how many ever, uh, 600 people laugh. And it's, you know, the, the odds of 600 people all, getting the same joke right. are slim. Right. Whereas in a smaller room, like there is kind of a, a a group mind that sort of easily gels. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then everybody's on the same you page. You reach a tipping point and then everyone else has to laugh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's something that pressure. happens. But in a room that's like that wide, like there's mm-hmm. just people that don't even hear the same parts of sentences. And like, there's whole factions that are there you know, like big groups show up. Right. And yeah. they, they have their own agenda. And no matter right. what this part of the room is enjoying, nope, they just, they want to keep shouting yeah. at the band, you know, like, or whatever. It just, uh, yeah, not conducive to anything. I remember we all walked into it yeah. initially and we we're just like, oh, Uh-oh. yeah, no. oh, no. And, and every, it's so one of those things flags. where, well, we'll make it work. Yeah. If anyone can make it work, we can make this giant air. Airplane hangar work. <laughs> yeah, did you do right. characters on The Tonight Show, Brian? Not many, but we did some. I remember I, I was the one-man flash mob, and this speaks to the enormity of that room. Yeah. I was a one-man flash mob, and it was just exhausting trying to work that room. Mm-hmm. Like, as this one jackass runner. Right. Like, I, I don't know, trying to get a wave going, but just with myself, but, like, having to run section to section. Right, right. And it was, I was just out of breath, and uh, it was just one of those sweaty, sweaty. Otherwise, it would have killed in the small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's true. We We just, and I... On our own, jettisoned all this stuff we did on Late Night, and it was kind of like, well, but it was weird. It was like we cherry-picked some things we brought along, but then a lot of things, bits that were super popular, we were like, oh, let's let's just try to come up with new stuff. Right. Yeah, which I, I, I think that maybe there was a lot of 
thinking or even overthinking about, oh, well, you're on an hour earlier. Yeah. Do you have to, you know, will some of this stuff not play? Yeah. Yeah, All that stuff. Are those people alive an hour earlier? Exactly. Yeah. That never made sense to me. (laughs) Right. But there was a lot of network, like executive behavioral scientists. Yes, exactly. And also the focus group. I, I think also this conventional wisdom of of yes the audience at 11 30 being very different from the yes. audience at 12 30 I, I think that went back years that kind of you know well letterman was much more you know out there versus johnny so yeah i think carrying that through yeah like you were now having to, to our time appeal to centrists mm-hmm. at the 11 30 that's true yep. yeah now look at it <laughs> anytime slot <laughs> anything goes, with goes anything yeah yeah, yeah. Because no one watches TV on oh, TV. Right. I wonder what that. I wonder what they're doing with that space now. I wonder what it's used for. It's probably like a oh, good question. A farmer's market on Saturday. <laughs> Didn't Chelsea Handler use it? She after was you in guys there, yeah. and we Conan shot some like shower scene with her, and I went yeah. over with him, and she had basically roped off, taken a thirty ha- studio, yeah, yeah. and turned that into her studio, and the rest of it was just. Continue Storage. to store airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I think I heard it's like now divided up into like oh. different news. Oh, really? Studios. Oh. oh, wow. That sounds, it's finally, <laughs> it's a good match. But it was a good looking building. Oh, very. Oh, from the outside. Oh. Grand. It yeah. really was. It was built just for the show. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was great proximity to the parking garage. Uh-huh. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> On the few days it would rain, you wouldn't have to worry about getting mm-hmm. too wet because mm-hmm. it was really just mm. about a 10-yard jaunt from garage to door. And then off to Simi Valley. Mm. <laughs> a quick two-hour commute through traffic. <laughs> Were you guys working? I mean, was... Was no. it crazy hours again when the, when the Tonight Show started? No, I or were, you were just. I swear, I nine to five. <laughs> literally, something about leaving New York and trans. I know that I, I know the reason. LA. Like the oh, okay, what? So I think there was a legitimate reason, which was uh, the show was now owned by. Conoco as opposed to NBC or something. Right. And oh. when they started seeing like, oh, if we keep people late and we have to buy dinner for everybody. Oh, my God. So, like, oh. let's let people leave before dinner You know, is, what? like, legally due. That rings that's great. I believe a that's, bell. I think that's what happened. That rings a bell. Yeah. Which, which made, that, like, there was no benefit to no. staying That so was late. a bad... <laughs> I, I mean, you just hear about habit, other shows yeah. where it's like, well, no, we pump all this stuff out and we're home to see yeah. our families mm-hmm. and have dinner. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> we're all with rats. We're at the wrong show. But that works rats. for me because then everyone would be angry right. and tired. And then if I had any energy and put a box on my head, people would be like, yes, <laughs> yeah. box on head. Let's go home. 1030. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, no. New York was half the time we'd finish dinner at like 8 p.m. Yeah. You know, if dinner was delayed or something, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, all right, meeting in 20 minutes. Oh, uh, that would have infuriated Oh, can me. you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> you would not. Oh, it was bad. Oh. It was, I'd be he, like, get your shit together. Yeah. Be, start pitching. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of that, too. Oh, well. No, I, we'd work on clutch cargos, and I'd those, those would go late, remember? Oh, yes. Because oh, it, it would be off of news from that day yeah so we'd start those at night and then bang out like i i would take notes and then i 
I just felt so guilty that everyone was there that I was like, okay, everyone just go. And I'd kind of like slam it all into an awful first draft and send it off to Robert Smigel yeah. in New Jersey for him to check <laughs> out early in the morning. But and then and then everyone's back in early in the morning and we have to work on an, the second version. Ugh. All these insane rewrites all day. Crazy. But fun. I enjoy that fun. sort yeah. of. Yeah, uh, it's very exciting. I enjoy that schedule of just. I, I really the do enjoy like show has to start at five right. or whatever you're taping it. Yes, I really enjoy because I, I think that really helps that time. Like these shows, late night shows, have that sort of just raw feel. If any, like that was one of the problems with the L.A. studio for the Tonight Show. Right. Just too polished. Yeah. Yes. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I do think the these shows really get a little boost from everyone watching, knowing that it was all just... It's a little yeah. rinky-dick, yeah. It, yeah, and it's thrown together, and this is what we could do yeah. in one yeah. day. Then it's the underdog, it impressive. right. It's, it's like, wow, they pulled that off. Right. I always thought thought of it like, you know, you're pointing out a daily newspaper, and it has to hit the newsstand. Right. Yeah. And, and the rewrites for live sketches... And then you'd have to redistribute it and get it on the cue cards and mm-hmm. then rehearse it again. And yeah. the crowd's waiting to come in. And it, it used to be, you get used to it after a while. But the first several months, it just, I sometimes I was like, I'm going to wet my pants. It's so Were so there times terrifying. where you had to hold the show? I mean, did it oh, ever yeah, go yeah, yeah. late? But, uh, yes. And Conan and Jeff Ross, the executive producer, would have none of it. And I, I was like, you know what's the big deal? Yeah. The warm-up guy does another 10 minutes. But no, it was <laughs> we started at 5.30. Okay. It, it was usually Clutch Cargos, which were the talking lip scripts, which were had a lot of bells and whistles in them and graphics. And, and we'd be rewriting them. Like right, the crowd would be out there. It would be yeah. bad. It would yeah. be bad. Rehearsing them in the control room as the crowd yes. is out there. Yes, that's you were right. hearing the big butt song. I assume <laughs> they didn't do that back then. Yeah. That song had not come out yet. Otherwise, I'm sure it would be part of the warm up. <laughs> yeah, that warm up. That warm up didn't change since I left. you did the warm up. I did. It, but like, oh yeah, but the band no. played the exact same thing. It was just. Every night, seventeen same. years in a row, yeah. as far as yeah. I'm. what was your warm up style? Uh, very just. Let's talk to the crowd. I had yeah you know, a couple set gig jokes here and there, but it was mostly just crowd work. Yeah, was my style. Uh, I would sort of begin flailing if I had to do more than twenty, <laughs> because there was, was twenty unusual, seems like uh, plenty. Yeah, yeah, twenty is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would usually. Uh, did you whip out Preparation H? <laughs> no, I, I, I would no. never allude like to Hive Hooks, you know me. <laughs> as yes, it's really right, me. Right. Gonorrhea guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, just, uh, it was just all welcoming people to the show. I had a, um, my very first warm up I ever did was for the HBO, the very first HBO comedy festival, which was an Aspen or something. Uh. I was a stand up at. And I got asked to do the warm-up for the Young Comedians oh, wow. televised special uh-huh. hosted by Gary Shandling. Uh-huh. And so there was a uh, a version of it that they sh- uh, did at like five. And then there was the actual live thing going out at eight. And I was the warm-up for both of those. And I did the five o'clock one. And I had never done warm-up ever. And no one had 
spoken to me about anything like how to do warm up or anything. Yeah, just like just do it. Just, just yeah. go out there and do your thing. So I went out there and did my act basically, and people were just like still milling down the aisles yeah. and sitting, and no one was listening. And there were, I mean, maybe uh, a couple people. And then I remember like I go backstage and uh, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know how that went. Like, I honestly don't know what to right. expect. And then Gary Shandling comes back and goes up to his producer, Jeff Cesario, and he's like, who the fuck warmed up this crowd? <laughs> oh, it's like, it is death out there. Oh, oh my God. Oh. And then Jeff Cesario, it's like so cool. He's like, oh, you know, and like he didn't say it was right. this yeah, guy. Yeah. He's just like, the guy right don't worry, Gary, don't worry. This is right. a great crowd. Right. Like, uh, I'll go say hi real quick, uh, yeah. but uh, don't worry. And then Jeff Cesario pulled me aside and he's like, let me just give you a quick, like, rundown of like right. things you should do with warm-up you oh. know like just when like make people feel welcome mm-hmm. they've come a long way you know let them know that, that you're shooting let them know that there's a yeah. booth like right. there's a, a director in right. somewhere and let's test out the mics and all that kind of stuff so like he sat me down and would gave have been me nice to hear that before you went out. Yes. it, it yeah. would have it would have but i understand oh, now like, you tell me yeah yeah but it, then the second you know i did it like i was amazed they let me do it right for the actual special right. but they did and that was far better uh, but that was like my only learning. And then like Sweeney was doing warm up at Conan and then right. when yeah. he became head writer, I, I got to do it. Yeah. And I felt like I had at least, I always have those Jeff Cesario lessons in my right. head. And then just, you know, some crowd work, fun stuff, some mm-hmm. shows, like some warm ups. Like you wish you had tapes of because you're like that was amazing, <laughs> and other ones you know just like whoo, yeah. here you go, reel. Conan, <laughs> have a great show. Would you ever? I there there were times I'd be doing the warm up, and I if I had written something that was on the show that night, and I I always I was just like oh the crowd wasn't good. I'm like oh it's gonna bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like I would know I'd never preview that the bit wasn't gonna do well. You yeah. Know? We talked to Jimmy Pardo about um, lying to Conan about bad crowds. Did right. you have to do that? I never lied to him. And oh. like, but like it was never – like he never wanted to hear <laughs> the truth. No, right. He never did. But like I yeah. – It was a t- – that was a tough co- – I, I found it to be a tough call whether to, to just go, they're great, you'll be great, or go. I didn't because like yeah. if, you, if you said they're great, right. you'll be great. Two seconds later, he's going to know that's not true, right. or he's going to be like, "Why they? Why were they great for right. Brian and right. not for me?" Right. And so I would, I would always say it's it's a little tough. Right. Right. Yeah. No, but I, I meant to me it was a judgment call where sometimes I felt like they were on the fence. Right. Like, oh, maybe I think maybe they could care less about me, but they're going to be happy to see him. Sure. There's so that. I don't want to get in his head. Those right. those few scenarios when it's like that. But yeah. it just. But I remember like uh, times where he'd be like, "How's the crowd?" And I'd be like, right. "You know, it's it's a tough one today." Yeah. And then just his I'd, face sinking. I wouldn't do it. Like, I'm I sorry. wouldn't do the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Right. Just, I'm sorry. You asked. I did my C material out there, <laughs> and no one was buying it. <laughs> now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like every once in a while, with NBC especially, mm. I felt. There were certain nights where the audience was a lot of people from the NBC tour. Yeah. And had not, like, like the real crowds, the best crowds are the ones that have, like, ordered tickets. Right. And maybe made trips and everything like that. And I I do feel like there was a certain nights where 
however it works, that audience was filled just with people like, oh, right. and now the NBC tour, we're going to get to right. go watch Conan taping. <sighs> and the, not knowing the show. Right. Yeah. And you could, like, you could always tell You could that. sense that right away yeah. and be like, oh, this crowd is 90% people care. who aren't fans. Right. But are happy to watch a show get taped. Right. But do not know how to play the game of the show. Right, right, right. And don't know the limits of what an audience for our show kind of does. Right, right, yeah. right. And so... I mean, that's solely, I think it was those nights where I would be like, ah, I think we got kind of a, yeah. a, a tour crowd. Touries. The yeah. best crowds I, I always thought was during college breaks. Oh, yeah. Mm. You'd get, it'd be packed. Just like, hardcore so winter break, fans. Yeah. And all summer, you'd I'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. And then you you could tell when they went back to, I remember that like right late January, all the college students oh, yeah. went back to school, and I'm like, oh boy, yeah. February is going to be rough. Yeah, February was a very rough month. Yeah, and even like if you'd be like, like how, how many people I watch this show all the time, and you'd get like a smattering, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, don't be shy. No, and then like for those crowds, I remember I'd be like, you know, whatever, be like, well, get, uh, let me the give you a little. Here's yeah. what we do: we got a bear that masturbates, so watch out for that. We got this <laughs> and that. Right, right, right. But it was just like weird. People be like, oh, oh, okay. But like it was like a real like drop off. Yeah, it would it would be dramatic. It would literally be almost overnight. Yeah, very dramatic. Which is, uh, if you've ever done warm up or stand up or anything, such a, a different feeling to go out there and have people. Excited to be there versus mm -hmm. just people who are curious to be there. Yeah, no. And as soon as you go out there, there and the overall like welcome, even for a warm up person, is just one of just polite. Tepid. Yeah. Yeah, you instantly know, like, yeah. okay. Oh, you know immediately. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> Get it's, me out of here. Right. I know there's certain cliches like, oh, the crowd's never wrong or it's never the crowd, but. A lot of times, <laughs> there are, okay, yes, I accept that yeah. notion. But within, there are gradations. Absolutely. No question, every night. But that's when I would just kind of signal to Steve Hollander, our stage manager, like, get the band out here. Yeah. Because like, everybody likes a live band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the hits. Everyone knows oh, how to yeah. clap. Right. And just like, I'm going to do nothing but damage. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The longer I, there's a leak in the roof. Well, and so, Brian, you left uh, Conan sometime between 2011 and 2014. We're not sure. Right. But uh, what, did, <laughs> what did you go on to do then? Well, as is the way I run my life, I had no game plan. Mm -hmm. But uh, you just knew you had to get out of there. Well, I had to get out because I was <laughs> flying back to New York on weekends because my oh, family, my yeah. daughter, oh, like wow. my whole life was here, so it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's a You lot. were commuting. And oh, was my it God. every other weekend? It was every other weekend. That's brutal. Wow. But then there were, really brutal. But then there'd be like three weekends in a row where I'd go. I remember like flying back just to go to my daughter's piano recital and in stuff. In New York. Like. So, yeah. Yeah, that's No, just brutal. Brutal. Uh, so I did that for three weeks or three years. Oh, my God. Uh, and then went back and literally had no game plan. Uh, fired my agent just because. You were ahead of of the curve yeah. <laughs> i really was no but like this is how stupid i am like fired my agent because i thought the honorable thing to do would be uh get rid of your agent and then begin looking for a new agent yeah like, I, I wasn't like i got this other guy like a, like it's a romantic right. relationship yeah, yeah right, right. i was just like it's honorable like mm -hmm. I, I know this isn't gonna work for me so i got rid of my agent and then mm -hmm. it was just like oh i'm uh -oh. so dumb, I'm so dumb. <laughs> what am i doing 
Now uh, everyone thinks I'm just a, yeah. No, and then just really it was a whole new just re-entry into New York show production like a whole world that i had been completely isolated from because conan you are totally in a bubble you have no idea how any other shows are are produced or what even like the business model is of all these shows Um, yeah that's tough and then you only have this small pool of people that you know in the business and so even networking especially in new york i had nobody but luckily like there was all these young people coming up doing shows who were fans of Conan and who recognized me. So I had many opportunities to come in. And so I ended up like first started as a, a head writer for a MTV show. And then I became like ran a couple shows. Right. Great. And then I became like a, a producer on another show. And then, I don't know, just like a bunch of things that, which is another thing you're very like protected from, from Conan. Cause it's a long running show. I've just been like in that world of like, oh no, most TV shows last right. Oh, a few weeks. Yeah, a few weeks or a year or you know, like this is like we're like so many like the whole staff happy like we've been here six months. This is like now we know what it feels like, and I'd be like, oh my god. (laughs) But that's kind of uh, the reality. That's the norm. It's freelancing, and then Conan is the weird version. But but through that, just met like I, I I will say without any like falseness like a hundred percent happy with the choice of coming back and doing what i'm doing so it's 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 been incredible yeah yeah meeting a ton of great people and i have like i i do enjoy the chance to work on all sorts of different kinds of shows like just did that uh, a show for netflix for kids Last year, which was so fun, and people love that. Did Andrew Daly work on that? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Andy Daly was mm-hmm. the the head like moron uh-huh. uh, <laughs> of the the kid show, uh, which was really fun. It wasn't uh, successful globally, and that's what it has to be for Netflix. Oh. But uh, that, that the Americans really loved it. Yeah, people love that show. Yeah, and then you also did that really great. People raved about uh, the debate show. That, is that I was so that was on CISO, and I don't even know if you can even see it anymore because right. CISO doesn't I, exist. Yeah, I but know. that show, I was so proud of, yeah, so funny. P- I people, ra- I and I got about it. That just to uh, toot my own horn, got oh. uh, selected like as the New York Times. They were listing the best, the best shows of the year, and they're like. This would have been our favorite, but it was only six episodes, and it's tied to the election, right. so we, we can't include. Which we're trying oh. to forget about. But it was yeah, it, yeah. that show is called Debate Wars. It's like six episodes, I think, yeah. hosted by Mike Lee and Black, and yeah. that yeah. is oh, just so funny. Do you think that what, could come back? I next know. Year? I mean, we've got one coming. Well, I think that show, <laughs> like to me, does not have to be election year uh-huh. tied. I think that could be just a hilarious weekly yeah. just show it is just it was so funny that's one of those few things i've done like every time i watched it i was crying laughing which is oh, wow I, I wonder incredible it it is somewhere people can watch it yeah was it super probably super topical i'm guessing no 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 no, no because it was okay. it was that's why i think it could like when we were doing it, i was like oh this is like, you know like who whose line is it anyway became like a right. show that was on every night at yes yeah six o'clock right. yeah and the, syndicated yeah yeah i was like oh Proops. debate wars could totally be that because oh. it's just it's comedians 
debating like what's better, pie or cake, right? Or yeah, you know, rugs or right. that could be on MSNBC. No, but it's just like, <laughs> and it was just like these really like in depth sort of logical arguments. That uh, they would put yeah, together. I love that. Yeah, and it was just so funny. Yeah, and like we, you know, and the the stand ups, like it, if it were a show that were long running, like everybody I think would want to play ball at some point. Mm. But this was, you know, we were getting the stand-ups who were available who I had not even heard of everybody and they were just killing me. Wow. Oh, that's great. That, that's a, that's great. And then Michael Ian Black was just this just snide uh-huh. host and he, he was he great. He was perfect. He was perfect. He wouldn't like need to rehearse. He, he just wanted yeah. it to be very oh, that's great. like in the moment. And, oh, and then like, uh, you know, I worked with a lot of people at uh, UCB doing the Ask uh-huh. Cat show. Uh-huh. So I would bring them in to do bits and stuff. Uh-huh. Like that. Oh, wow. So it was all just, that was really fun. Are you, you still doing Ask Cat? Oh, lot? yeah. I haven't since my son was born. Like right. after uh, he was born, which is like two years ago, I was still doing Ask Cat. And then it was one of those nights where I'm on stage. It's not a great reason to ask to leave a new baby. Right. No. And I was just like, <laughs> can't you lie? No. And I, you know, I just, I, I knew like it was a bad time to leave to go do a, a yeah, show. Yeah. I don't know. And it was just like one of those things yeah. where you find yourself on stage and it's just like, what am I doing? Right. right, <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm always welcome, but I don't need to yeah, yeah. like pretend I'm 20. I could old. see that. Or you're backstage, you know, there's a delay and it's like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, all the, everyone's right drinking now. red you're, cups I, around I you. I should and... be asleep. Right. Because <laughs> I'm going to be awoken at four. No, so that was just, uh, uh, I love Ascat so much, but I do not do it right now. Nor probably in the future. I don't know. Hmm. Well, so, I mean, where could people find your work, I guess, on... Well, here's uh, what I'm doing. Yeah. address. I have since working on this Netflix kids show. I've I'm writing a trilogy of books for, and I'm not even sure the age range of kids, but like just funny books, and it's this trilogy, and it's going to be with Penguin. Oh, and the first one comes out next February. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you. So it's a trilogy. Yeah, but what what age is it geared toward? Well, I it's. I think it's really geared for parents to read to like six to ten year olds. Or mm-hmm. it, it, it's really like so. It, it's geared towards adults as well. It's, well, it's, it's. I tried to write it in my head in the voice, like if Christopher Walken uh-huh. were, were reading you a story. Yeah, uh-huh. and so it's just like this sort of uh, narrator voice, sort mm-hmm. of telling this this tale, so or a series of tales kind of thing, and it's. Uh, they're all like it's it's all based on how dumb animals are uh-huh. <laughs> compared to humans. Because I was like, you can't make fun of anybody anymore because everyone's so sensitive. Right, right. Like, who can you make fun of? I'm That's like, ah, animals. Uh-huh. And so it's just a real. Peter's gonna come after you. Right. Well, but it's just a, it's a real just let's look down at animals together. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, so and it's. it's, and fun. it's do you know what the other two are going to be yet, or are you just one? Let me get the first. Book I know done. what the second one is. Second one's done, and then the third oh, one wow. is just. I, I know what it where it takes place right. and what it's about, but right. I don't have no. That one's that one's a ways off from even being started. That what well, is it? Have a title yet? Uh, the first you? one's called Wannabe Farms, mm-hmm. and okay. so it's just all these animals that want to be something like. 
They, right. they just see what the humans are uh, doing, and they, they, and they try to do it themselves. Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah, you've that's, been so productive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for uh, those. Very, yeah. very. Cool. Maybe well, be a book tour or something. Oh my God! Can yeah, do it at farms <laughs> <laughs> and have Christopher Walken read the audiobook. Oh, oh that would be. Or the you dream. as Christopher. That's Walken. a great idea. No, I want Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't settle for less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't settle for me. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Brian McCann, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This, yeah. this is really lovely. For me to finally meet you, because yeah, I like I'm you guys staring at your, your portrait every day well, when I come into work. And she has to hear about you all the I time. I do hear about you, yeah. You are talked about. You are in, in hushed tones. Reverent yes. tones all the time. <laughs> well, it's Grandpa Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Kevin Bartelt. Engineered by Will Beckton. Mixed by Ryan Connor. Supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Associate producer, Jen Samples. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross. Jeff team, Ross. Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. Ta-da! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.